Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. I love holding down the power button because it's like slowly holding a pillow over the face of the device. Hot diggity damn. That's that. Just turn it off, turn it back on. <laughs> I've never heard the phrase hot diggity damn. You've never heard the phrase hot diggity damn? Or like you've never heard anyone actually use it in a real life situation? I have never heard the phrase hot diggity damn. Is that a thing? What do you just not get out? Hot diggity damn has been around forever. To be fair, I have not seen a person face to face that was not in my family in the past year. Oh, hot diggity damn goes... Way before this year or your family. What? Right? Who created it? Ronald Reagan? Actually, now that you say it, it's very possible. <laughs> Hot diggity damn. That is the worst Reagan. That's a great Reagan. No, that's the that's a terrible Reagan. I might be thinking of Charlton Heston. <laughs> I mean, it's you're really parsing hairs on that one. One acted with a chimp in a movie. <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, did Charleston Heston ever do a chimp movie? Let me find out. Let's find did out. Did Charlton Heston ever do a chimp Charlton movie? He, was he ever in a Hest- movie with apes? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, I meant real ones. I meant real. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. I thought you were going to say one of them is known for being surrounded by dumb ape men, and the other is Charlton Heston. No, not Planet of the Apes. Google. I don't want Planet of the Apes. I want a different thing. I want to know if Charlton Heston ever acted in a movie with an actual orangutan. Oh, oh, oh. Do like Charlton Heston monkey and then minus planet because that'll eliminate all results that have the word planet in them. Really? Mm hmm. Charlton Heston monkey minus planet. Zero results. Oh, no, but I came up with some very disturbing pictures. <laughs> Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and pry it from my cold, dead hand. It's pretty good. Not bad, right? That was a pretty good Reagan. Thank you. My name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. I hate every ape I see, from chimpan A to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. That was beautiful. Thank you. You could have gone with Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Andrew. That's my name. Don't worry it out. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Uh, I believe we're talking about a Hulu show. Yes. That is on Hulu. So far, so good. You're killing this. You can do this. About the royal family. Yes. Yes. You want to do that one instead? (laughs) I thought I clicked it by accident because it was like the very first thing. It was constantly the biggest like first thing that you like. It's like, hey, you want to watch this? And I'm like, I really don't. And then one time I clicked Modoc to watch one of the episodes and the ad for it popped up and I was like, shit, I clicked the wrong thing. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Modoc today. It's a little show that came out on Hulu with... 
Patton Oswald and Ben Schwartz and uh, quite a good cast of other people. Pretty actually. eclectic cast. Yeah, pretty good cast. It's, uh, let's see, this is about 10 episodes long. Yeah, it's, uh, if I may. Yes, please do. I, I was like, who's going to do this? Modoc is a 10 episode claymation style love story about a mechanized organism designed only for killing. The show follows Modoc as he tries to balance his relationship with his family and his desire to rule the world. Was that all you? Was that genuine and Redone, yeah. or did you pull that off of somewhere? Oh, that was me. Wow, you're really good at this. Thank you. Yeah, I don't plagiarize often. That's stupid. So, I feel weird to say for a show like this, but I'll say it just to cover our bases, I guess, spoilers for Modoc. But, uh, first of all, uh, what did you think of this? Uh, not great. Okay. I was not a big fan. I fell asleep a lot. Okay. And had to rewatch many, many episodes, including the last one. Okay. I don't... Uh, all right. So the main problem I have here, and I actually figured out near the end of my notes, but the problem for me is the show isn't funny enough to be empty of substance in the same way that, like, Family Guy or Robot Chicken is. But I also don't have any investment in the characters or their, like, the drama that they're going through. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So there's, like, it's not funny enough to, it, there isn't enough, like, jokes per second that make me laugh and forget that nothing's happening. Right. And then when stuff does happen, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I guess. Like, they're talking about, like, a divorce and, like, what are the kids gonna do? And I'm like, I don't care. Really? Okay. You know? I actually like this. I didn't, I wasn't in love with it. It wasn't, it didn't like light my world on fire, but as far as the 10 episodes that are about uh, what they're like, what, 25 minutes long? If that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or they're like an hour and a half with Hulu's ads. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Really. Like I said, it didn't light my world on fire, but for 10 episodes that are like 25 minutes, like you could put this on, you know, it's not too heavy. You don't have to think about it. You can fall asleep. It doesn't matter. See, I kind of disagree. It's not something... If you miss an episode, you might not have any idea what's going on in the next one. Nah, yeah, but I kind of... It's one of those things I, I feel like you could kind of come in and out of and you're like, hey, you know... Because I tried that and I was like, I've, I have I got to go back and rewatch the really? one. I, yeah, I fell asleep through three different episodes and every time I tried to move on and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Interesting. Because there's like stuff about his like past self coming back and I was like, who the hell is, what is this? Where did he come from? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's okay. stuff about like, oh, his like shape-shifting robot butler has been kidnapped and I'm like, when did that happen? You know, there's there's stuff that like right. won't make sense. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes even, I will say some of the jokes are very, very funny. They Some of them really got me. Like when they're digging through the CDs and uh, like a box of CDs and the daughter's like, who's Hoobastank? And Modoc goes, they were the Beatles, <laughs> Beatles of, of the, the 90s. 90s. It's one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. And then she says, wait, who are the Beatles? And he says, they're the, the Hoobastank of the, of the 60s. 60s. Very funny. That was really good. And honestly, Ben Schwartz is funny in anything he does. I have a new policy in life that anything that has Ben Schwartz in it, I'm just watching. Yeah, Doesn't it's very matter funny. good or bad. I'm very curious how much of his lines were improvised. It sounds like vintage Ben Schwartz. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, everything it sounds like he just was able to they were just like all right ben he's in a teen space at aim go and he's like okay cool you're doing a magic show yeah got it go for it whatever this is your bar mitzvah yeah, yeah with yeah, your right. clone go for it yeah he's hysterical a lot of the cameos are very good uh nathan fillion i really liked as wonder man which is great because it's kind of like a double cameo because that's there was rumor he was going to pop up as wonder man in guardians of the galaxy 2 and he was in the 
poster or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's been, he's been kind of pushed the same way he used to be pushed to be Hal Jordan. Yeah. They've been saying like, if you're going to put Wonder Man in the MCU, it should be Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Alan Tudyk is fine. Yeah. John Hamm as Iron Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think he would be great. Yeah. I had no idea that's who he was. But yeah, I, if we didn't have RDJ, I think he would have been great in the MCU. Yeah. Fantastic. Bill Hader, Brian Pesan, who also is a writer for Marvel. Yeah, I don't, it was, it didn't land for me, man. Like uh, each episode probably had one joke that made me laugh. And the rest of it, I was like, when they were like, oh, I want a divorce, Modoc. I was like, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I have no desire to see this man get what he wants. Right. Like I said, I think I enjoyed it. Obviously, I enjoyed it a little more than you did. I thought the jokes actually landed a little more often for me than than not. It does have that robot chicken kind of esque yeah. feeling to it. But see, robot chicken, that's what I sort of kept comparing it to. Because robot chicken does like a three minute sketch and then a different three minute sketch and then a different three minute sketch. And I felt like the um, the quality and the number and frequency of the jokes was about the same but stretched over the course of 25 minutes. So like instead of hitting like a joke every six seconds, you were now hitting a joke like every six minutes. Or it was like a like a it's not a joke. Then it's just like him being like dumb and falling over or something, you know, and then it's like, oh, it's kind of a funny thing, but it's not something that makes me like really laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will confess, other than Ben Schwartz, I don't think there was anything that was a huge belly laugh. The Hoobastank thing was really funny. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, that like Ben Schwartz really was quite he's he's always fantastic and always hysterical every time his character is on screen as the son he's good but especially for something that is created by like it says this this whole thing is like basically funded by written by and the concept for the show was created by Patton Oswalt who's hysterically funny I felt like this didn't quite know which one it wanted to be like were they going for something like you know an all in the family that is like very funny and then has very serious moments like uh, I think the mom and all in the family like found out she had breast cancer and it was this huge crazy thing with Wait, sitcoms have, like, real-life deep situations. Very special episode. Right. Like, were they going for that, or was it, like, sort of trying to poke fun at that, or was it trying to be more of a robot chicken, none of this matters because it's funny, and then, like, there'd be, like, one minute at the end where, like, I think I want a divorce, or what are we going to do with the kids? The kids are sad. Lou's sad that his sister's going to go off to college and leave him, because it'd be, like, one minute of that at the end. And I'd be like, wait, are we doing something with this? And then it would cut and I'd be like, oh, I guess not. I don't know. It was it didn't feel like it knew what it wanted to be for me. Yeah, I get that. I think they were trying to, I don't know, almost like a red herring where they would do those one minutes and then it would turn away from it. And it it was supposed to feel like you were not going to pick that up again and let that build up all all the way until the last episode. And then in the last episode, it just kind of like. We're going to take all these little one minute things and we're going to tie it up. We're we're going to resolve those one minute things in this one last episode. That was also very strange, man. I was like, spoilers for MODOK. I know we already said yeah. this, but this, but this is a it big one. It feels like a weird thing to say for, the, for a show I like know, this. I know it is. But that's sort of what I mean, right? Is there are spoilers in this. Yeah. It's a show that looks like it's trying to be a nothing shallow funny show like Family Guy or Robot Chicken. But it's also trying to set up like incredibly 
deep, important character relationship points. And so, like, it's not super clear, but, like, he chose to let his family die, right? I think so, but I'm not entirely sure either. But I'm like, if that's what happened, then I'm like, yeah, fuck this. Like, you know, fuck this guy. But I don't know that that it is. I get the feeling that... He didn't. See, I think he did, but he's trying to fix it now. Yeah, but I don't think he did. If he did, I don't think he just was like, all right, go ahead and do it. And then he regrets it afterwards. Right. Well, we do see him think about it for a long time and he sees that this is the only way. But okay, so here's let me end with one small thing I didn't like and actually one big thing I did like, but I still am not entirely sure how I feel about it. It still doesn't sell you on the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also like it, uh, we'll get into it. This small thing I did like I feel like could have been a funny moment but they didn't lean into it the show ends with him killing the what he thinks is the only way that he can get his family to come with him in this new successful future right right and he's like they're like there's no other way to go back in time and he's like I'll find a way seconds before he says that he walks right past the infinity gauntlet that has the time stone on it right and I was like it's right there just go get that yeah they could have actually <laughs> done that they could have actually been like uh sir or because you see him walk by like Iron Man's helmet and Ultron's head and like uh Hawkeye's bow and arrow and like you see his collection and one of them is the, the infinity gauntlet yes the infinity gauntlet if he had walked by and been like, huh, and like rubbed off some dust off of the time stone. Right. Then he's like, he sees it and then he goes in and he's like, there's the only way. How else could I go back in time? That would be very funny to me. But like, they didn't hang a lantern on it. Yeah. It also would have been true to the show. Right. Exactly. As well. That's the type of thing. That's the type of character that they set up Modoc But that's with. what I mean. It's like, is it true to the show? Is this a show where like nothing matters and it's all just funny jokes? No, but I meant that they do kind of the character of Modoc that they set up in this is a mad scientist, but also flaky and kind of inept and, and that type of thing. Right. The way they can tell that he's the real Modoc is because he gets his anniversary date wrong. Right. In one of the episodes. Right. Yeah. One thing that I did like, but it also made me feel very uncomfortable. You found the wife a little sexy, didn't you? Even though she's made out of clay. Oh, very. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't what I was talking about. That's that's a no brainer for me. You found the the daughter a little sexy, even though she's a giant beer can shaped teenager. <laughs> I felt a little attracted to Modoc in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And that I th- guy would give some great head. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so funny. <laughs> I'm so funny. I'm underappreciated on this show. I'm so funny. You're underappreciated in your time, really. <laughs> yeah. Generations from now, people are going to look at that and look at this show and by this show, I mean our podcast and go, that man was a genius. And Chris, who? And you're going to be lauded as a artiste. And all it would take is for me to let a past version of myself kill my family. I would do it. Yeah. I would let a past version of yourself kill your family. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to say the same thing to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks for getting to that joke first. No problem. Anyway, this thing that has been taking a very long time for me to talk about is that it's very meta that Patton Oswalt plays a man who watches his author wife die. Ooh. I did not even see that coming. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Patton Oswalt, I don't know. Maybe it's because his, like, the dark parts of his personal life have been pretty extremely public. And he's so, his voice is so identifiable. 
that to me it was always Patton Oswalt in this. Like, and and it's I can sort of get on board. I'm like, okay, it is a character and blah blah blah. But I hear Patton Oswalt, and so like for me, hearing this man go through like. I'm hearing Patton Oswalt go through all of these horrible, tragic things that involve his family. And it's like, it was super hard for me at times. Yeah, see, I didn't even think of that when I was... I mean, you're right. It feels very much very Patton Oswalt in the humor and the essence of it. But I did not even put that on it. That it didn't even that didn't even bump for me at all. It is an interesting layer. It just didn't it just didn't occur to me. It is. That's sort of what I mean. It's like I'm not sure if I I think I liked it. It's interesting. The show, you mean? No, no, oh, the, that aspect that of layer. It. Okay. That like Patton Oswalt is playing this character who has like an extremely public and dark relationship with his wife that ends with her dying. And there are similarities with that character to his late wife. Like, it's interesting. It worries me for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Honestly, I think... And I could be totally wrong because it's not like I know Patton Oswalt. I mean, I do. I'm very good friends with a very famous person, Patton Oswalt. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's in the Bodiverse. Oh, man. That's a callback. And a call forward. <laughs> it's a master and command back. That was brilliant. Thank that you. That was really good. Thank you. We're making it happen. Hashtag Bodiverse. You are really funny on this show. What the fuck were you going to say about Patton Oswalt? I don't even remember. Doesn't even matter. I wait. Hold on. No, I, I legit have now forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> you don't know him. I don't know It was going to be about this layer. Were you oh, going to say that? I don't that, know like- that it was. I, I, I don't even know that that was conscious for him is what I was saying. Yeah. It, it may be. I feel like it would be. Possibly. But also, you know, you're. When it you're, was fairly recent. And it's like, oh, by the way, your wife dies. Yeah. But you know what? It may. First of all, we don't know specifically that the wife in the show. I mean, we know that she dies. But what I'm saying is like. We don't know the circumstances. They may know, as far as season two is concerned, exactly what happened. And it's a whole different thing. You're dealing with, you know, time travel and all sorts of different stuff. So there's a lot of science fiction that can layer in between that as well. Also, it's it's him. Most of the series is about him separating from his wife and not his wife actually dying, so, which is a different. It's a whole different pain. It's a whole different idea it may i mean i'm sure that there's some of that that goes into it that level of separation but i don't think that this was i don't think this was a cathartic exercise for Patton oswald oh i agree that's what i'm worried about <laughs> oh yeah but that's the thing is that he may yes it it happened fairly recently but he also is a professional and can separate himself from his work in a certain way. I have had the thought like he is an actor who is fairly prolific in how much he works that like this is probably not the first time since that event that he has played a person who has lost someone close to him. Well, also the you know, he did talk about it on stage. He made an entire comedy special about it. That's pretty cathartic. Also, you know, this is something that even though I don't think this was in the works when his wife died, he has been a big nerd and been a big geek since before time gone by so i you know the idea of doing a modoc series i don't think he was like oh well this is i can see a parallel between myself and modoc and my relationship with you know i think he's just focused on like oh this is a character i really like from the comics and i think it'd be really funny to do this type of show where we make him instead of this giant evil genius just this stupid ass schlub that 
is completely inept. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure his family in this show was created for this show as well. Right, exactly. And that's what I mean. Like putting it's the it's I think his focus is more like we'll take this extreme character and juxtapose it in this very weird situation that you would never think to put this character in and let the humor play into that. I think it should have been funnier. I mean, I think it definitely could have been punched up a little bit more. I think they're on the right tone. I just think I think you're right. I think there could have been I don't know if it's the pace of it that, you know, that kind of kills it a little bit. Again, I didn't hate this. I also understand that like with a robot chicken, you're doing sketch than you are doing scenes. So you still you don't need like an overall arc. Right, exactly. And you don't even need you don't need necessarily a lot even in the scene you know if you're doing a sketch you need a a game essentially whereas in this it needs the scene needs to serve some sort of a purpose and then the humor has to come in to it which paces itself and i think maybe that we're used to seeing this robot's chicken style of claymation that perhaps there's almost a pavlovian response in you see this claymation and you're like oh this is going to be like joke per second sketch fast pace and then you watch it and you're like it's not that and that's what's that where a disconnect happens the disconnect for me is just that like i don't know what it is right like is this a comedy is this like but see i like that i liked the the ending because i liked the fact that it felt it was it went broad in a, in a lot of the other episodes, and then at the la- very last second, all of a sudden, they tried to turn it on its head and make it this very real thing. I actually really enjoyed that idea. But see, I felt like they did that. They tried to do that throughout the show as well. Like every episode had some deep, dark thing. I think that they touched on it, like you said, like in a minute at a time to give it. First of all, that it's not so jarring when they do it at the end, but also that to just let the audience know, like, hey, we have this potential. But I don't I don't think that they did it. I didn't feel it as heavily as I think that you did. I do wonder if it would benefit from being a 45 minute long show. Oh, where you could because it's hard for me because at the same time, I'm like, it's not enough jokes but i wonder if it's not enough character development as well like if there's not enough like there's it it was like ah here's him eating shit for 20 minutes and then we have one minute of him where his wife is upset you know and i do wonder if like maybe if it was more of a drama with comedy peppered in as opposed to 22 minutes of this like diabolical idiot just like like having lasagna induced diarrhea for 22 minutes and then one minute of like oh he's sad now or whatever like i wonder if it was a drama with like little bits of that if i would appreciate it more i would go the opposite way i would say cut it down to like a 15 minute yeah chunk and take a lot of i feel like it's one or the other yeah 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 because i think if you go longer than this the comedy of the situation of Modoc being this ordinary guy, I think it stops being funny then and starts being just a very strangely absurd situation to have a drama in. See, you might be right. I wonder if that's what's happening with me with 25 minute long episodes. Yeah, where you st- then start to you start to be able to sit there and breathe in it and go, oh, this situation is kind of just absurd. Plus, like there are like a t- I know I made a joke about it, but there are so many ads. It's like 10 minutes of ads. So like on top of it, it's like it's actually like 35 minutes because you get these like minute and a half, two minute long breaks every five minutes. And you're like, 
oh, I, you get to actually sit and think about it for a second. You're like, oh, this isn't that. And, and it's it's so jarring. Like it really disrupts the flow of it as well. And then you try to go back into it for five more minutes. And just when it's starting to get going, you're back to the ads. But I, I do wonder if I'm like by like minute 20, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it needs to go one way or another. But I for me, I think it if they cut it down to like 15 minute episodes, yeah, yeah. just take a lot of the air out of it. Because there is. You're right. There is a lot of between the joke air. I don't really know how else to describe it, but there's there's a lot of stuff that makes me go, oh, that's funny without actually making me laugh. Cut out all that and keep the just like really funny stuff. Okay. I feel like actually we should, we can move on. What do you, how do you feel? Is there anything else? You would recommend this for someone to watch? I would recommend it. Like I said, it doesn't light my world on fire, but it's not, it's also not hard to get through. And I feel like it's one of those shows you could kind of put, you don't have to watch it like steadfast. You don't have to watch it like really dedicated. You know, I was watching this while I was like doing the dishes. I think if you don't care about the storyline like if you really treat this like a robot chicken i think you can do that if you really don't care about the like divorce stuff or the kids or the time travel or the this or the that right if you really just want to see the jokes in each scene yeah i think you could do it that way yeah 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 but i would recommend it It, because it's it is short and 10 episodes and you can i don't know that i would man it's longer than jupiter's legacy it is but see for me it didn't feel longer than jupiter's legacy it felt about the same for me. Really? Yeah. It didn't feel as bad. Okay. <laughs> but but it did feel like it took it uh, it felt like a chore for me to get yeah. through a little bit. That like it was something I was like, "Oh god, I got to watch I got to watch more of this. I got to see." And in fact, I started watching it Usually I would watch something like I watched Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy with Melinda. But with this show, I was like, eh, like I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, honestly, it's not great. I don't think you're missing anything if you don't watch this with me. Right. And she would. You, you're right. She actually may have a different um, opinion about it in that regard, because she did just sort of come and go. She watched like maybe four of the episodes and she seemed to be enjoying it fine and understanding it fine. But for me, it was like, eh, eh. I don't know that I'd recommend this. I, I might for like if you're really a Marvel fan and you know Modoc and you think it would be funny to see him like in a King of Queens style sitcom, then yeah, maybe this is for you. But for me, it didn't it didn't really land. That's fair. All right. Let's go into the reading assignment. Let's. All right. For me, you gave me Vote Loki. I did. Which was a comic series. It was a four. I think it's a four issue series. I, I read the trade paperback, but if I remember, it's a four issue series that was released between June and August of 2016. And that was very much not an accident. Written by Christopher Hastings with the art by Langdon Foss. There was one there was one issue that was written uh, that was illustrated by Paul McCaffrey. So basically what happens in this is that, well, Loki's at a presidential debate and then ends up saving the presidential candidates from a Hydra attack and through popular demand and through, you know, I guess sort of social media and and uh, through a series of events, he ends up announcing that he's running for president. And then from there, there is a, a reporter who decides to investigate because she feels that Loki is simply doing this as some sort of his usual trick in order to possibly either take over the world or do something else. And meanwhile, his popularity gains to where he may actually become the president of the United States. I 
really enjoyed this, actually. It's fun, right? It's a fun read. It's also really light. And yeah, again, kind of what I was saying about MODOK as well, like kind of breezes through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an interesting plot. You don't. it's light and airy and quick. But at the same time, it's not so quick that I'm like, I know exactly where this is going and I can blow right through this because I'm going to get to the end and it's going to end exactly the way that I think it's going to end. So there are at least enough twists and turns in it that it keeps you interested and it's worth actually reading and actually focusing on and not just like flip, 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 flip through all the pages. The art's really good. I think, I think Langdon Foss's uh, art fits this scenario really well. He is more of a... It's not even realistic, but it's definitely not meant for action comics. This has more of like an American Splendor look to it, that type of thing, like actual real people. Again, it's not there's nothing really dynamic about it. It's very very soft. It's very soft. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's very soft and very almost two dimensional. I know all of the comics are two dimensional, but intentionally two dimensional, intentionally two dimensional. It doesn't try and offer depth or things like that, but it fits really well with this. It is even funny at moments, too. It's really humor. It's not there's nothing like belly laugh about it, but it's very political satire type of humor to it. Often I find when comics try and be funny, they don't it doesn't always work very well. Well, and this does sort of a better job of sort of what I was talking about, which is like there is a not serious, but like a not comedic a non-comedic storyline that goes through this whole thing. Right. And then just when you forget that there was a joke five pages ago there's a new joke and you go oh yeah okay oh that's right yeah 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 it, oh that's right this doesn't take itself so seriously yeah so i uh yeah i really like this i, I mean obviously i would assume that you enjoy this as well because you gave it to me but... i did but i also gave you jupiter's legacy the last assignment or review or whatever and that's the first statement but yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in your in your thoughts on this since you're the one who assigned it yeah i love it we always try to go for or usually we'll try to go for like oh man like you got to read saga or you got to read like what's another like deep you know uh you and i have been kind of moving away from like these deep dark gut-wrenching overarching universe wide stories that uh, are about like people saving the universe or about like you know family members trying to not die or whatever and your last assignment to me maniac of new york was sort of like that like there's never any fear that the hero's not going to make it out it is just about how is the hero going to make it out of this it's that kind of thing that like you're not worried about it's not an if it's a how right you're not worried about the main characters dying you know they're going to be okay this isn't a game of thrones situation and in that same way i was like yeah we're, i'm i'm getting sick of not sick of it i still love saga and i still love those deep stories but i feel like we're we're moving more towards like give me something light give me something quick yeah this is one of those comics where it's a nice palate cleanser yes and in that same way that we've been talking about that like we're starting to hit that like we're starting to get a little oversaturated with the gritty dark superhero stories it's nice to get something that's just sort of fluff because there's so much like oh you think that was dark 
why don't you check out this dark story? And I'm like, I I just, I'm good. Can we go back to, like, some MCU, like, the heroes, nobody's going to die in this one. It's just going to be, like, some fun high points, you know, Loki doing tricky stuff. And so, yeah, I actually think this would have made a great, if um, Disney Plus wanted to go a different route with their Loki show. Well, this is clearly, if you look at some of the screen grabs and some of the stills and some of the stuff from the trailer, this somehow makes it into Loki at some point. It may be for five seconds. It could be for an episode. I think probably what it is, it looks like the TVA is using Loki to like cut these branches of the timelines that are like going around. And it looks like either he created them by taking the Tesseract and like in doing so, he also created like a bunch of different Lokis or there are these other Lokis in different timelines that are all branching off and doing crazy stuff. And I predict that one of them is going to be running for president in an alternate timeline. And he is going to try to dress up like them either to tank the campaign like to throw it, throw the fight, or to concede or something, which would explain why his followers immediately turn on him in the trailer. Right. So I mentioned that this was that this came out in 2016. <laughs> I have written here in my notes. Did you know this was about the 2016 election? I know, right? Here's the thing <laughs> that I really like about it is that it is very obviously about the 2016 election. It is very much an allegory about Donald Trump, but at the same time, I didn't read it even now in 2021, having gone through all of that and gotten to the other end where I'm going, oh, God, I just don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like now you read it and, you, and, you know, people still even try and do it where it's like, this is about Donald Trump and how he's evil. And you're like, oh, Jesus, I get and it. You're like, oh, this guy, we just got rid of him. You're like, we ju- I just made it so I never have to look at him again. Well, it's also one of those things where, you know, even during his presidency, after a while, I was like, yeah, we're all on the same page about this. Like, we Except, get but it. we're not. <laughs> no, but I meant the people that they're, that anyone who would write this right, and is marketing this is to, for. you know, everyone's like, yeah, we're all on the same page. We don't need to, this is not revolutionary. But at the same time, I read this and I'm like, I know exactly what you're saying. The metaphor is very obvious, but I'm never like, all right, now I'm just getting beaten over the head with this and I get it and I don't need to hear it. It's entertaining enough and the story itself is self-contained enough that I go, yeah, I get the metaphor. It's very obvious, but I still like this and I don't feel preached to. I guess that's what it is. It is. It does not lean on what it's trying to preach. It tells the story first and lets the preaching happen where it happens. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. And I don't know if this is something I like about it or something I dislike about it, but it's definitely one of them. <laughs> and I just don't know which one yet. Old stance from Andrew Dunn. That's what you can expect right here on the media lunch break. It will be one day when I figure it out. It doesn't really take a side. No. It doesn't. It is a very centrist. Yeah, we don't need people running who are like insane and like clearly out to because that's the other thing. Like it's like we we shouldn't vote for a person who clearly has it out for the U.S. and is going to try to hurt the country and our relationships internationally. 
But it doesn't say who that actually is. This is because true. Because of 50% of the world, that's Hillary Clinton. Right. That's that's actually very true. And I think maybe that's why it's so easily digestible even today is that they never try and make the character of Loki into Donald Trump. They just basically say, listen, I'm going to say whatever you want to hear and then you're going to love me for it, which is what he did. But at the same time, the argument can easily be made. That's what essentially all politicians do. Right. I was going to say Hillary Clinton, but yeah, everyone. She was just following the book that every politician before her had followed. And so what the story is essentially saying is like, Make a decision for yourself, you know. Well, and decide on the policies as well, right? Exactly. Don't, yeah, don't just listen to the soundbite that somebody says and then just blindly follow whoever. And like, and that's what I mean. They don't make, they keep Loki Loki. He's always the character that you've known in the Marvel comics. They never try and bend a character into making him into Donald Trump so that they're getting their message across. He's still Loki. He's still mischievous. You still get the feeling like there's something up his sleeve whenever he does this stuff. And so the the message isn't hate Donald Trump. The message is more like make an informed decision for yourself. You know, do your research and... Find out what's important to you and vote your conscience wherever that might fall. You know, don't vote for the character. Vote for their ideas. Exactly. And I think that's why I didn't get that. Again, I didn't get that kind of exhaustion of like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I really like I said, I really, really enjoyed this. It is, you know, it's four issues long. It goes by like that. Yeah, I reread it today in maybe 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, I got done with it so quick that I was like, oh shit, I might have to reread this simply because I got done with it so quick between then and us recording this. I was like, I'm worried I might forget it and then have to read because it, it went by so quickly. Yeah, so this is definitely a big recommend for me, especially again, it's a great palate cleanser as far as like if you're reading that deep dark stuff, great, go for it. If you like I need a break and I want to read something else just to give myself a little breathing room, read this and then you can move on to the deep dark stuff all over again. It'll be really nice. Might be also be something fun to read in between episodes of Loki. That's while true. We're waiting because we're waiting Absolutely. week to week. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. OK, let's see. What do I want for you? I've been debating on whether or not I want to do one or not. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've been debating. I think I might just end the podcast. Yeah, just skip it this time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to invoke my past. I wonder if you, like, imagine doing that in school. Like, uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do an assignment this time. Thanks, Teach. Thank you. I'm going to. You all can do it. I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be I'll be here to hear him, but I'm, I'm just not going to do him. I haven't given you a lot of Green Lantern stuff, have I? No. OK, so I think you've only given me um, some Justice League stuff that had him. I don't think you've given me any anything specific Green Lantern. Really? OK, I think I'm going to give you there's a series that actually just ended called Far Sector. It's a Green Lantern series. It's not even in trade paperback because I think the last issue literally came out this week. But it's it's 12 issues. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to give you that one. That'll Is be good. that your final answer? That's my final answer. What's it called? Far, Far Sector. Side. Far Sector. It's a it's kind of a sorry to do this. It's not deep, dark, dark, but it's like it's like a noir mystery type of thing in space. OK, yeah, I, you're, I'm sold. Yeah. So I think 
yeah, I think that's what I want to do with that one. All right. This one's been one that I was intrigued. Which by. lantern is this? So this is the thing. It's a new lantern. Ooh. She premieres with this uh, uh. with this series. It's one of the reasons I like it. Because since I haven't got, given you a lot of Green Lantern and there's so much universe and different people in the core and things like that, this one is, it's just her. So I think that that's a good kind of intro into the lantern verse. Let's do it. All right, cool. That'll be it. The Boda verse. Boda verse. Boda verse. I'm not going to. Lantern verse. Lantern verse. All right. So that's, uh, I think that's it. I think that's, we did a thing there. We did a thing. And now And this one is going to be so much easier for me to edit. I know. I thought you'd like this one. You're welcome. See a little bit longer one last time. And now this one will just, you know, keep it chill. Keep it nice. You literally just don't even have to do, you just put this together and then send it on out. Don't even have to cut it. That's true. You just, just put it up my butt. Okay. Cut that. Be a good, that part. Be a good suppository. Don't, don't do this. Don't, don't take us here. We were so close. And it's, we were so close. Oh, this episode will be part of the Buddiverse. No. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. Me too. Andrew. Look, man, is it? it is what it is. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I can't. You got to take the good with the bad, man. That's true. That's fair enough. All right. Well. Uh, oh, no, actually. Before we before we go, how long are you going to try to make this look like like are you trying to pass this off like there's something you actually want to talk about? Is that yeah. is it for me? Is it for the listener? I think it's mainly for me. Okay. Hey, right. Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yes. Where can they find us? They can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio and even Pandora. Yes, it still exists. Stop asking me on the street. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break, uh, which is our hosting site. If you would like to download the episodes, I believe you can do that there. I'm not a technical person, so don't ask me about it. But I I, I hear that's what you can do there in that dark, dark corner <laughs> corner of the internet. Of the internet. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter.com where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're putting out great stuff on Instagram, putting out great stuff on Twitter. <clears throat> you can also find us on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. <laughs> we're, putting out, we're putting out videos on YouTube. Great, great videos. videos. We're putting out great videos. I'm putting out videos. Melinda's editing videos. <clears throat> you can also find us on Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break if you want more content. You can go to patreon.com slash the media lunch break. We have uh, in-person videos right. of all the episodes yes. that we film. We record via Zoom and then we put them up so you can see the shirt that I'm wearing. I always have like a, a cool thing behind me. Today I've got a toolbox that looks like Thor's hammer because we were talking about Loki. I like that toolbox. You've shown me that toolbox. That's a that heavy toolbox. toolbox too. And also you can't see it, but behind that toolbox is the Marvel in, like character encyclopedia. And that's there because of this guy... This little floating thing over here. That's Modoc. That's Modoc. Oh. Yes. And, and I got like a little neon light of the rainbow for Pride Month. It's a whole thing. Is that what that is? It is. You, it's hard to tell, but shh, don't tell them that it doesn't look good because they need to pay us money to see it. So you can, if you were watching, you'd be able to see all these things. And we change it up every single uh, two weeks, <laughs> every two episodes, <laughs> sometimes every episode. But yeah, go to patreon.com slash the media lunch break. There's even stuff there for free. So just check it out. Give it a little peruse. And should you be so inclined, give us a dollar. And then you can see all this stuff. 
There you go. You can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com. You can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. We have an Amazon affiliate link for Vote Loki, the trade paperback, down in the description. Click on that and buy the comic or anything. And it gives us money somehow. I don't no understand it. Chris understand doesn't it. understand it. You don't understand it. No Jeff one understands Bezos it. Jeff doesn't even understand it. He has no idea. This is happening. With his weird Lex Luthor looking self. You can also give us a rating, a reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And wherever else you can rate us. Yeah. Do that. Can you do a rating on iHeartRadio? I don't know. Go for it. Spotify? Do it. If you can, start it. Start the ability start to do Start a verse. Don't. Although an I heart not bad, better, a little better. Pandora verse. Like it. That's it. That's the one. That's right pretty there. good. Special shout out and a thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for being our favorite patron and sticking with us. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. As always, uh, we just did the reading assignments. And if you have a reading assignment, if you have something, you're like, hey, stop doing the thing that you're doing. And why don't you read this? Take a look at this. I made a thing. Could you give me some th- thoughts on it? We've had that a couple of times. That's my personal favorite. I love those. I want more of them. So send them our way. We're happy to do it. Or if you just got something, you're like, hey, I read this thing from DC, from Marvel, from Dark Horse, from Boom, from Aftershock, from whatever. Uh, what do you guys think? Will you guys read this? Send it over. We'll read it. We'll talk about it. Why not? Go for it. Send it over. Got nothing else going on. Definitely have nothing else going on. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. All right. That was easily your most disturbing outro I think we've ever had. That can't be true. The pauses are very off-putting when I'm gonna you do that. I'm going to cut them all out. So you're going to look like a crazy person. I mean, that's fine. Fine. It doesn't bother me. I've been made to look worse. I've been made to look worse on this show. Remember Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? That old chestnut? Okay, so uh, Tom Hiddleston God, was in... Mm, uh, yeah, I do remember that because it would take us like 30 minutes and I would cut it yes, down to one minute. To 10 seconds, yeah. <laughs> but you were clearly changed from before and after it. Yes. You were yes. a different person. I uh, am every single time. I feel like I You're could. You're still doing it in your head. Yeah, I am. Stop I trying. feel like I could get Tom Hiddleston to Kevin Bacon because Kevin Bacon was in the X-Men franchise. There must be. Yeah. Do TV shows count? Uh, I don't think mm. they do. Cause, yeah, because you could just do, uh, was in The Simpsons with Kevin Bacon, right? Right. You could just do like, was in Law and Order with blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Are the X-Men characters in any of the, or the actors? There must be actors from no, the X-Men in the MCU, can, right? I'm sure that there are. Why am I trying to participate in this? I'm not leaving until we get this done. All right. Tom Hiddleston was in, let's try Kong Skull Island. Who the fuck is in that? Samuel L. Jackson. With Samuel L. Jackson and John Goodman. Jack Black? Or is that the other one? That's the other one. John Goodman, Brie Larson. Oh my God. Wait, John Goodman must be in something with Kevin Bacon. Has to. Do you know Raising Arizona? A little bit. I know. That's what I, that's what I was going through. Was Steve Buscemi the other guy with John Goodman in Raising Arizona? I'm pretty sure he was. No. But you could go Big Lebowski. Okay, I got it. Okay, go. Tom Hiddleston was in Kong Skull Island with John Goodman, who was in Big Lebowski with Steve Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, who was in Reservoir Dogs with Chris Penn, who was in Footloose with With Kevin Kevin Bacon. Bacon. We did it. Thank God. We did it. Oh, God. We did it. 
Hashtag Baconverse. <laughs> oh, love it.